The Hogs are going to Omaha. Oh, intermission. No, it's halftime. You can actually feel Razorback Stadium shaking underneath our feet right now. You just got to keep living, man. L-I-V-I-N. Arkansas wins a national championship. What I say when it comes to this basketball team is the law. Absolutely and without discussion. Oh, Ty was a warrior. The Hawks are going to Omaha. Trackouts are boring. Besides that, they're fascist. Throw some ground ball. It's more democratic. Borderline erotic. You're listening to the Halftime Podcast. We're not breaking any news, no doubt about it, but a lot of opinion today on the firing of Mike Anderson, which uh, we learned about, what was it, it was after the show by a couple of hours. I was at Springfield yesterday at Missouri State University getting set for the Arkansas uh, baseball game. And uh, then all of a sudden, it, you know, Twitter starts blowing up. It started with Dudley Dawson's tweet talking about winter is coming. Uh, he was not talking about Game of Thrones. There were some uh, some clues thrown around in uh, Little Rock Radio yesterday, so apparently word had started to leak out a little bit in the morning uh, and then uh, reached a crescendo in the afternoon, and uh, Mike Anderson's tenure at Arkansas comes to an end. Uh, so, I mean, there's a lot to look back at. There's a lot to talk about the reasons, uh, whether you agree with it or not, uh, and and then to look forward because that's that's really what this this turns into now. It's not a matter of... You know, what went wrong? Did Mike uh, deserve uh, to get another season? It, right now, the decision's already been made. And and if you're Hunter Juracek and if you are uh, inside the administration at the university, it's about one thing, and it's about now finding the next coach at the University of Arkansas for men's basketball. So, I mean, that's also something we'll get into today. But everybody's got an opinion on this, and today is a day that we want to hear your opinions. So let us know what you think about uh, Mike Anderson's uh, tenure at Arkansas, if you agree with it uh, or not, uh, letting him go after eight years, you can call us up at 877-377-6963. I want to give that number again because, as I understand, on the morning rush today, you guys were flooded with uh, with phone calls. Decent amount than of usual. Decent amount. 877-377-6963. Uh, so, all right. So, I mean, the, and one thing that's kind of odd about this you know, the last time that there was a uh, firing for men's basketball, I, I was that was that was a Sunday afternoon uh, in March of 2011, and I was filling in for Chuck for baseball at San Diego State, and everybody kind of expected that that uh, Coach Pelfrey would be would be shown the door. Yeah, and uh, and I remember actually that the announcement came. Uh, you know, while I was doing the post-game show uh, on that Sunday at Tony Gwynn Field, and I've got the, this extremely long post-game show for college baseball, as I call it sometimes, uh, not just the longest, but the best post-game show in college baseball, because we want to we want to present it in a positive sense and not just about sales. Um, and and I'm getting texts from uh, from Justin Acre, who's the program director at 103.7 The Buzz. They were carrying the game. They were going to carry the press conference, too. And he's saying, get over with your freaking post-game show because we've got to get to this press conference. And, <laughs> and what do you know? I mean, so that was, you had the press conference announcing Pelfrey's firing. And I guess that was a decision that Pelfrey made himself, that he wanted to have the press conference. Uh, and then uh, there it was. There it was. What, isn't it? Isn't today the anniversary of Mike Anderson's press conference announcing his hiring as the head coach? Yesterday. So the twenty yesterday twenty six okay. is the day that Jeff Long, Chancellor Gerhardt, and the University of Arkansas introduced Mike Anderson to the public and the media. So it's ironic that eight years later 
he was fired. And obviously, timing had nothing to do with that, but no. it's just kind of weird how that played out. Well, it is, it is that time of the year. Yeah. I mean, so the, you are, we all, we've already had uh, plenty of firings in college basketball. Mm-hmm. They, they kind of all happen at once. Uh, same with college football, um, you know, unless it's early early April and something weird happens, uh, like uh, we know about at Arkansas all those years ago. Uh, so I mean, that now now you've got openings in the SEC at uh, at Vanderbilt, at Texas A and M, at Alabama, probably at LSU too. So I mean, you had this influx of coaches over the past couple of years, and now you're going to have another just giant influx of coaches. And I think it'll be interesting to see. Uh, the direction that that Hunter Yurichek goes. Are you going to go with a more established name? Are you going to go with the obvious choice? I think in a lot of people's eyes, because of Yurichek's connection to the University of Houston and a relationship with Kelvin Sampson, is it him? There's a lot of other names that are thrown out there that that either don't make sense or or won't happen at all. Uh, but I I think we're all interested to get Hunter Yurichek's thoughts on this. And, and you know, when it comes down to any sort of personnel move made by an athletic department, of course, it starts with the athletic director, but members of the board of trustees are in on this, too. They always are. And, and you know, I've, I'd heard about a couple of members, one specifically of the board of trustees, that, that uh, you know, have been kind of pushing for a change in men's basketball for a couple of years now, and it does, certainly does appear that they, uh, that they got their way. But I don't, I don't, there hasn't been an announcement of, uh, of any press conference uh, involving Hunter Yurichek or anybody else with uh, the basketball program. Or, no, they're going to the hide behind that department. statement for a little bit. They're going to let things die off for a little well, bit. Well, and, and it's, 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 that, that just is so counter to what went down after Brett Bielema's firing. I mean, and, and, and that was, that was when you didn't even have a, a, a full-time AD. You know, Julie Cromer Peoples was the interim athletic director and she had to sit there in front of all the cameras and it was a bit of an awkward press conference. And I thought Julie handled it as, as well as she possibly could and did a good job with it. But she answered a lot of those questions about, uh, you know, how the firing went down and reasons the decision were made. I guess that, that Juracek addressed a lot of those questions uh, in his statement. Uh, and, you know, this, this comes right from the Athletic Department website. After a review of the program, including an analysis of the past eight years and a look forward, I have made a decision that a change in leadership will be uh, will best position our men's basketball program for the future. And it goes on to say in the past eight seasons, we've won a number of games, made appearances in both the NIT and NCAA tournaments. However, in my evaluation, we have not sustained a consistent level of success against the most competitive teams in the nation to enable us to compete for SEC and NCAA championships on an annual basis. That will continue to be the benchmark for our success throughout our athletic program. I mean, and there's a lot to unpack there because you know what that sounds like, Ty? That sounds like the conversation from the past five months on our radio program, on the Morning Rush, on Bo Mattingly's show, on the new show Ruskin Zach, on state, on stations all across the state. It just and it, look. Hunter Yurichek's not making this decision based upon anything that callers are saying on talk shows or that hosts are saying on talk shows. The, the these are decisions that are made with a lot of thought, a lot of research and knowledge of of what you expect your basketball program to be. And and really, I mean, what did we come down to in the last couple of weeks, three weeks or so? I think we've both come to an agreement 
it had felt like basketball had plateaued at Arkansas and become stagnant. If you just look at the last three years, you had the second round exit, you had the first round blow up against Butler, and now an NIT. Yeah. And then looking forward to what you had for next year, it would have even looked like an NIT visit would have been a success based upon the personnel that's coming back. So it it feels like Hunter Urichek was looking at the same thing that I think a lot of us were and makes the change based upon that. And we have so much to impact today, possible new coaches, what the players thought about it, what the national media thinks about it. But I think we have to start with Mike Anderson thinks about it. And you can tell from the audio it's not great because they don't have him mic'd up. It's pretty much a camera, an iPhone camera, and his response. But here's Mike Anderson, and it's clearly emotional. Razorback Nation, it's been a challenging day. When you have pride and passion about what you do, it's hard to say goodbye. I had an opportunity to be the head coach here for the last eight years. It's been a great experience. I want to thank Jeff Long, Dr. Gerhardt, for bringing me back to be a head coach. Got a lot of great players to come through our ways. Have a very good young basketball team that's getting ready to really ascend and, and do some great things. I want to thank my family for their love and their support, our coaching staff and their families. And I also want to thank the Razorback fans, the none like our Razorback fans. Thank you. And to all of my friends, from 25 years of being here in Arkansas, we have made tremendous friends. And I want to say thank you for your support. Bill, what was your reaction when you initially saw that video? Well, I mean, it, my my reaction was was just kind of to put my eyes down and to take a deep breath and to and to in my mind. Uh, you know, say goodbye to somebody that that I've respected very much, um, and I also I don't think he's done coaching. To, to me, at the age of fifty nine, he sounds he sounds down. And why wouldn't you be? Uh, I, mean, I'll, I'll, I have to throw this out there though. You have a real diff. I have a difficult time though, feeling pity for <laughs> you know somebody that makes two and a half million dollars to coach basketball. And I know there's a lot of pressure that goes into the job. There's a lot of time and effort uh, that goes into it, and all the respect that I think a lot of us in the media and fans have had for Mike Anderson, that you can separate that from the idea that you feel bad for somebody because uh, this is just the nature of the beast. When you when you join the ranks of coaches in college sports, you know this is going to happen. It's just a fact. And so feeling feeling pity isn't really what this is all about. It, it's, it's more about looking back, and I, you could kind of sense in his in his voice there more about i know he says that there's you know you got this young roster and there's great things that are going to happen i kind of wonder if he even believed that because i i just don't i don't see it and and i think it sounded a little bit like a disappointment from his own voice in in not getting arkansas basketball to where he had gotten UAB, in a sense, to where he had gotten Missouri at the same time. And to and, and the expectations that fans had, I would imagine, pale in comparison that the expectations that Mike and his coaches have for where they expected Arkansas basketball to be. Otherwise, you wouldn't have left what you'd built at Missouri to come to Arkansas and, and end up leaving after eight years without a Sweet 16 visit. I'm so glad you brought that up because people don't remember – how good that Missouri team was that he left, that Frank Hay took over and got bounced in the first round. That team was so good. 
people don't remember that they beat Kansas that year and they either had a big uh, had a share of the Big 12 title or narrowly came up close. Kim English, Marcus Denman, Phil Pressy, Ricardo Ra- that team was stacked. Mike, and they loved him in Columbia. Oh, my goodness, They yes. absolutely adored Mike, and that's why it, it turned into hatred, you know, when he, when he leaves to because go to a school that's just six hours away yeah. across the border. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned at the beginning of the program how this was yesterday, eight years ago, they introduced him. I, feel, I don't know if you've heard this quote because obviously it's eight years ago. You weren't as immersed in the Arkansas program, but he delivered this beauty eight years ago. And if you ever see me in a fight with a bear, you heard this one here, you better help that damn bear. That was one of the better quotes of that press conference. <laughs> but you could you could tell not only from the video that we just played, and for those who haven't watched it, you almost have to to watch it to get the full effect of how he felt with, with, with what occurred the last few days. But... You could tell he was so excited when he walked into Bud Walton Arena with the fan base, how energized fans were. I put the clip up of him calling the Hogs with Chuck Barrett, Jeff Lawn, Gearhart, and all those media members, not media members weren't calling the Hogs, some of them should, uh, but the, the fans themselves, you could just tell how excited he was. And he he didn't feel the same, I mean, he liked UAB, really liked Missouri, but as you mentioned, this was his dream job. He wanted to get the program back to prominence. And even Mike Anderson Jr., who called the morning rush this morning, said he didn't fulfill the expectations, not only from the fan base, but that he set for himself. That he set for himself. And he said, I can guarantee you that. And that's from his own flesh and blood, his own son. So that's just crazy to think about that not only did... uh, there's just so much, again, there's a lot we have to unpack here, but he he felt like he could have done more. And unfortunately, he wasn't given, well, depending on which way, which side of the fence you're on, he wasn't given the chance. I'm sure he would have loved another year, but, you know, another year with the same results would have, would have led exactly to this. Yep. You know, and, and the, you know, there, there are multiple forces that come together when a decision like this is made. And, and and wins and losses are are going to be part of it, and and also how you run your program is going to be part of it. And I don't think anybody that is listening or pays attention to the Arkansas basketball program wouldn't say that Mike Anderson ran his program on the up and up in a in a cesspool of 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 college basketball to be able. Yeah, I think in order even to have the level of success he'd had at the other programs and even at Arkansas, without ever being even slightly implicated in recruiting scandals in payola and to, and to have your players you know do well in classrooms and to get that APR up that says something about oh, the man. integrity of the man too but that's also not what this is about that's not what this is it then it t- then it turns in all right so you got a clean program have you won enough games have you gone further enough in the postseason are there people sitting in the seats and to me that's one thing you know, I sat I sat with Dave Van Horn yesterday in the in the dugout at, at Hammond's Field before our pregame interview. And and Dave and Mike are friends. They're neighbors. They've lived close to each other, I think, ever ever since uh Anderson took the job. 
And, and you know, Dave's a realistic guy. Uh, aside from, you you said sometimes you think he's not paying attention to what's going on with the other teams in, the, in school. He does. He's, okay. he's going to be, he'll be at the women's basketball game tomorrow night. Let me address he, that. He, he just, he, he's more focused on what his guys, he's not worried yes. about outside. That's what I'm more trying to hit on. Yes, but he also, I mean, there is an investing, there's an investment, I think, emotionally that Dave has in the other programs on the school. That's why he's a Razorback through and through. And I feel the same way about Mike Neighbors and about, and about uh, Mike Anderson. These are guys that came up through Arkansas. Um, you know, but, but Dave said something to me that I thought was, was, was poignant. It's like fans had stopped showing up. It was noticeable. And, and that is a way, look, it's not, it's, how do fans make their voices heard? We've talked about this a lot. You can tweet all you want. You can post on message boards all you want. You can call into sports talk shows all you want. I don't think that administrators are paying attention to that's just a bunch of noise and they're able to filter through the noise to get to what matters. So what matters for an athletic department the size of Arkansas? Wins matter. Postseason success matters. Butts in seats matters. All this leads to dollars. You know, and, and, and for, for us, what what did Bud Walton Arena look like in the last month? A shell of a, itself. A shell. You know, it, it just it didn't have enough butts and seats you know it's funny I'm, i was watching an interview with uh, on 60 minutes with samuel l jackson the other day and 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 they're talking to him about why do you think you continue to get these huge roles at the age of 70 and he said because i put butts in seats <laughs> it's not about winning oscars it's not about being nominated for oscars it's about being a sellable star you know, and right now the the Arkansas basketball program wasn't selling the way that I think the university expects it to sell, and it leads to money. I mean, this is one of the conversations we had two weeks ago. Even with all of the lack of people that were there, you still have a lot of money coming in, but you could be making so much more. And you know, this is the kind of thing that I mean, it all depends on who the new coach is going to be, but it, it helps reinvigorate the attention on the basketball team. Hopefully, leads to more wins postseason success and get more cheeks in the seats looking at what mike anderson did initially when he got here we talked about his funny press conference and how excited he was the apr was in shambles you think about what dana altman did gets here looks at the apr and it's like oh i'm going back not doing this like it was in shambles so you think about what john pelfrey had a four-year cumulative score of 892 just to put that in reference pitch mark is 925 Mike's scores have all been above 925, and he had a plus 980, one of the highest. So it's the grades-wise, they've been good. You think about the three NCAA tournament appearances. You think about him kind of revitalizing Arkansas basketball again because you didn't see that same signs, those same like hopes from the fan base at a point in time during John Pelfrey or Stan Heath's era. But at the end of the day, I got to go back to what Mike Anderson Jr. said. The expectations that he had from the fan base because of his prior stops at UAB and Missouri and the expectations he set for himself, Philly didn't meet him. And you could say those were too much. You could argue that, well, those expectations are too high. But at the end of the day, as you mentioned, we felt like the program had flattened out, had, had skinnied a little bit, had hit the bottom, had broken the ceiling and you just didn't see any light at the end of the tunnel heading into the 2019-20 season. You know, it, ha- it hadn't hit the bottom, really. I mean, it, that's, it not just a, hit, that's not a great it time. Just it's more the, it just hit the, the middle, you know, the bottom of the middle, essentially. You yeah. know, he didn't have a year like, you know, Vanderbilt had. 
You know, you didn't you didn't have uh, high expectations, really legitimately realistic high expectations like Alabama would have had at the start of the season and end up with a first round NIT exit. Uh, the Billy Kennedy thing with Texas A&M is, is, is still a little bit head-scratching considering the two Sweet 16 visits, but, uh, you know, A&M is, is, a, is a different story, I think. Uh, but, but at Arkansas, and this, this is why, you know, it, it feels like a 50-50 split with a lot of fans right now because you hadn't hit the bottom. You, you, there are a lot of other teams, a lot of other schools basketball-wise in the SEC that had kind of gotten past Arkansas, especially in the last two years and it was noticeable i know in mike's tenure at, at arkansas in the eight years he had the second best record amongst the coaches but that was back in the older sec man i mean that that's when that's when you getting... rick ray like there weren't any coaches in the well, SEC. you were getting maybe three or four schools into the tournament each year now you're getting in seven and eight now you've got four schools in the sweet 16 it's a different league the sec has become you know, not quite at the level of the ACC, but it's you know it's it's on the level of the Big Ten now, and and you I, you could I think you could look at the direction of where basketball was, and it hadn't quite kept up with the Joneses. So now, when you have all these new coaches over the last three four years, and another new influx coming in this season, maybe it's time to keep up with the Joneses. And I'll touch on this before we get into some player and what Nolan had to say about this on the other side of the break. Hutch wrote a fantastic article, and this is something you touched on about how Arkansas missed on Reggie Perry, and that's not only for what if this season, but what if in other seasons. You think about the North Carolina game where making shot gets blocked and they have that no charge, no walking travel on Joel Berry. That's an instance where Arkansas was a player two away from making the Sweet 16. You think about the 2014 year when they beat Kentucky not only at home but on the road and then just collapsed against Alabama and in the SEC tournament against South Carolina, who was a 13 seed that year. There have been so many what-if moments, not only in Brett Bielema's tenure, Phil, but Mike Anderson's as well. You're listening to the Halftime Podcast. Follow the guys on Twitter, at PhilElsonPXP and at TySportsRadio. And it's Joe Adams with a hurdle. Great speed. Adams down the sideline. He's gone. He was one of the first to break the story yesterday. It was kind of a cryptic tweet, Dudley, and I think some of us might have thought that you were talking about Game of Thrones, uh, but you're talking about basketball. So yeah, uh, well, it was you, one of those things where it was one of those things where I had a couple of sources. That, but you know, as any good journalist does, you got to have three. And so uh, I thought I would start the uh, start the the story and then, then, then jump on it there, you know, a little bit later. But uh, I got word about, I don't know, 215 yesterday. And, uh, you know, it's just a, everybody knows that uh, I used to work for Coach Sutton and, and Coach Richardson and obviously Coach Anderson. And, and thank you, he's a great man. Uh, and so, you know, it wasn't, wasn't, certainly wasn't a happy day for me, but I understand, uh, you know, what the administration has done here. They, they believe that they can do better. So, I mean, it, it's firing season in college basketball, and it's not quite hiring season for the SEC. So, I mean, did you did you see this coming? Did you think that – I saw some people you know, put out the ideas, like, why do you why do you take an NIT bid if this is the plan? Because, it's, you know, I don't think no matter what happened in the NIT, this is, this is probably what would have happened. Were you surprised at all? 
Well, I think they were going back and forth. I, I would hear some things about how there were enough people, you know, let's just call them powers that be, that uh, were ready for a change, but others who had entrenched themselves and, and were going to fight for, for Coach Anderson. Uh, it was hard to get a handle on which side was, uh, for lack of a better way, winning. But uh, I do believe that in the end, after everybody gave advice, that uh, this was truly a Hunter Juracek uh, decision. And uh, he made one that he believes was in the best interest of the program. And now the best interest of the program is to go out and hit a home run and try to get the best coach you can. And, you know, they may end up hiring an up-and-comer, but I don't think that would go over well if they did. It seems a little simplistic sometimes to look at the idea that, you know, if you're not, if you're not, if you're a coach that isn't hired by the new athletic director, that you gotta be looking over your shoulder. But, you know, that was the case at A&M. That's the case at Vanderbilt. That's the case, I think, at Alabama too. And now here at, at Arkansas. So, uh, may, maybe we, maybe we might have seen this coming recently. But is, is it too simplistic? For the idea that now Hunter goes after the guy that he had the relationship with at Houston because everybody's talking about Kelvin Sampson being the next guy here. Yeah, well, I certainly think that's uh, a, a, a distinct possibility. Uh, while uh, Hunter Yurchek didn't hire Kelvin Sampson, he obviously had a good relationship working with him when he got there a year after Kelvin did. And, and Kelvin did wonders in turning around the Houston program that, you know, in all honesty, has been better than Arkansas the, the past few years. Uh, and someone that, uh, you know, he, he has a lot of baggage in his past. One of the things that I intend to do today is make a deep dive back into to everything about him instead of just uh, listening to, to the things being thrown out, out about him. Uh, but obviously he, you know, did get in trouble with the NCAA, but he also has turned the Houston program around, and apparently he's doing things the right way now. Uh, I made a statement yesterday. I do think it's uh, it's important in this day and age to keep your integrity, but if you don't step over the line, you at least have to step on it Dudley, in terms of recruiting. Dudley Dawson, Whole Hog Sports, Hogs Illustrated. Dudley, I want to talk about what's next for Mike Anderson. I've heard different things from different people, all opinions at this point, but do you think he stays within the northwest Arkansas area in some capacity, or do you think he tries to move on and get another head coaching job? Well, he... I think he's 59 now, and uh, I do not think he's done coaching. And this, you know, he is very competitive. Uh, he may not wear his emotions on his sleeve, but he's very competitive, and I would not think he wants to go out on somebody else's terms. He wants to go out on his. So would not be surprised at all if he got another coaching job, whether it would be, you know, the Tulsa job opened up or, or some other place like that. You know, his detractors will tell you he's not a good coach. His supporters will tell you how great a coach he is. You know, he's likely somewhere there in the middle. The program is much better off than it was the day he got here. And, you know, you, people might say in terms of wins and losses, that's not the case. But in the overall picture, I mean, we have to remember that uh, Dana Altman ran screaming and crying from here after 26 <laughs> hours as head coach for what was going on here. And he came in and he cleaned a lot of things up. Uh, he should be thanked for, for what he did. And, and uh, you know, obviously he, he'll get that uh, buyout and doesn't have to coach next year if he doesn't want to. But like I said, I would be stunned if he doesn't get another coaching job somewhere down the line and uh, get, get the gang back together. Khalil Garland was on Instagram Live yesterday, and he said that they were told that there would be an announcement of who the coach is going to be in the next three weeks after the Final Four. Dudley, when do you expect 
a decision to be made about the next basketball coach? Well, I would suspect that we will start hearing rumors pretty soon, uh, maybe even at the end of this weekend, about legitimate interest in the job. Uh, one of the things I have going for me is my son Brooks works with Creative Artists Agency, so I'm trying to who represents a lot. You know, Jimmy Sa- who is Jimmy Sexton is its uh, uh, head guy and has a lot of these things. So I'm going to be trying to work and work on him and get some get some stuff. Great inside NBC. source. Great inside yeah. source. Yeah, who's uh, who's who's trying to get you know a raise and who really wants the job, and, and we'll see how it works out. I, how I have to remind him that I know he works there, but I also birthed him and, and uh, brought him into this world and paid for his insurance until uh, you know a couple of years ago. So maybe you know that'll help me out. But but uh, you know I think that at the, the, the end of this at the end of this weekend, after you get down to the teams that are in the final four, then they'll start being a push by both the University of Arkansas and the candidates who are interested in the job. I don't think it'll take three weeks. I think if it does take three weeks, then something went wrong. I do think it will happen fairly quickly, quickly, maybe not in, uh, maybe not in, you know, maybe seven to 10 days, something like that. We'll see. But, uh, I'm very interested to see who is interested in the job. We all know that during the last, um, thing that went on, uh, Buzz Williams and Greg Marshall and some others had feelers sent out to them and they weren't interested and it was not a, it was not, uh, in a position where it is now, I think everybody jokes all the time about the performance center and the, the you know, practice facility and all that. But that was important for Arkansas to get that. They were the only uh, one of the 14 teams who didn't have that. Uh, there's no, there's, there's a great fan base. Uh, there is a, a great, great facilities and you should be able to go out and get a great head coach. And from all indications, they are willing to open the pocketbooks more than they have in the past to do this. On that, Dudley, I think I heard yesterday you say on Ruskin and Zach that they're willing to pay up to four million. Just want to touch on that. Is that correct? I, I got to clarify that. What I was saying was, for the right person, I understand that Arkansas would go there, and you would have to go there if you want a Kelvin Sampson, who who is being shocked. For four million dollars right now, to my understanding, Chris Beard's three point five. If you if you're going to have a great coach, you're willing to spend the money. I'm told that they're willing to do that. Now we'll see if they do because uh, uh, you know it's it's one thing to say you can; it's another to to get that out there. We'll see what happens. But I've I've been told by people who should know and people who help the university with these things that they are willing to pony up. And make sure that there's not a. How do I want to put this? Make sure there's not a uh, a continuation of of the the level of success and inconsistency they've had the last twenty years. You know, and and I think the powers that be will will make the decision based upon whoever they think leads it leads the program in the best direction. But I think you hit on something that that I think a lot of fans in Arkansas feel, and that national media members sometimes when they look at Arkansas basketball and say this isn't a premier program and it, you, look at what happened Tennessee's not it was not a premier basketball program they got a final four coach in in Rick Barnes you can you look at Auburn with Bruce Pearl same thing Mississippi State and Ben Howland exact same thing Arkansas plays in the SEC there's a ton of money in the SEC you've got the facilities you have a you have a fan base, and when when I'm looking at Arkansas basketball from the inside, 
I see this as a potential top-notch landing spot for a coach that wants to try to build something special here. So I would view this as one of the top open jobs in the country right now. Arkansas should be viewed as the number two job in the SEC in terms of basketball, and it should be viewed as a top 25 to 30 team in the country. I don't think with the the hires before Coach Anderson, that was the case at that point in terms of people thinking about that. Obviously, we've moved away from a lot of the strife and things that, 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 that clouded the situation here. And I think it is, it is a good job out there. I, I know John Good, I mean Jeff Goodman and, and John Rothstein and others have, have been talking about how good a job it is and how they would suspect that the Arkansas is going to be able to make a, a big hire. Uh, so I, it's a, I guess you would say sleeping giant, although I don't, I go back to the fact that, that while Coach Anderson's, uh, record wasn't what they wanted after eight years, it's not as if this, uh, program has been floundering, floundering in mediocrity, which is the, the narrative that those who wanted him out, you, you know, certainly get out there. Right. I mean, you're not, you're not at the level where Vanderbilt is and has been for the last couple of years. And I don't think anybody that, that pays attention here would, would, would really be saying, look, you, you got to do what, what Mike Anderson did, which, which is build a program from the ashes, uh, all the way up now. So, uh, it, it, is there anything that could have happened in the last couple of years that could have led to where Mike keeps his job? What a sweet 16 visit, you know, a win over North Carolina a couple of years ago. Maybe if Reggie Perry doesn't decommit. You know, that's something Andrew Hutchinson wrote earlier, and I thought he touched on a couple of things. Could you have seen anything specifically that would have led to more wins or just Mike keeping the job? You, you mentioned several things right there. If Reggie Perry had been this here this year and then Hot had the uh, situation where he had a, 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 a solid commitment to Arkansas and then he goes over with uh, Seth Greenberg and suddenly he's uh, uh, he's going to Mississippi State, Uh Khalil Garland, I mean, a top 60 player, gets here and has not played a minute because of the, the health issue that he has. Uh, Darius Hall transferring. He would have been really good for this team this year. He would have, he's probably gotten three or four more wins. And it just goes on and on. And you can keep finding things that if they had happened differently, I think he would have been able to succeed. I do think it's interesting for the longest time, the narrative was he's not getting in the tournament enough. Then he started getting in the tournament in three out of four years, and the new narrative became the Sweet 16. So I'm thinking maybe if they had beaten North Carolina and got into the Sweet 16, those who wanted to make a change, the narrative would have been the Elite Eight then. And it's just, I've always said that familiarity breeds contempt, and I think that's what the case here. A lot of people uh, in this day and age just want to change, sometimes for change's sake, sometimes for valid reasons. And uh, I think that's what they, they got into here. Dully Dawson, Hogs Illustrated, Whole Hog Sports. Dully, let me close you out with this, and this is a tough question with a lot of stuff that goes into it. Do you think Arkansas, in the end, made the right decision to fire Mike Anderson? Here's what I would say. is, is I don't think it's journalistically ethical for me to, to comment on whether somebody should have been fired or who should be hired because I have to deal with that that coach, if another one comes in here, what I will say is I think that Mike Anderson performed, that, that Mike Anderson would have liked to have performed better than he did. He had better, he had more expectations than what happened. I think that Arkansas had more expectations. He was never going to be Coach Richardson, but I think that's what everybody went into this thinking. 
Uh, at the same time, I do believe that he was given a fair chance, but a lot of factors worked against him. And, you know, the, the university says it's time for, for a change, and that's what we'll do. I think it's the seventh one since I joined the basketball program back in 1981. So I'm interested to see how, how it goes. Dudley, thanks so much for the time and for the opinions and for the journalistic integrity as well. And as far as your son's concerned, I would say you, my friend, know how to use some leverage. So thanks again. Yeah. Yeah. All right, man. Appreciate it. Subscribe to Hit That Line on iTunes. You're listening to the Halftime Pod. Swung on up the middle for a base hit. And you can't put this one to bed. The Razorbacks come back and walk on. Honestly. You won't find a single person that, that came into contact with the Arkansas basketball program that won't have positive things to say about Mike Anderson. And, uh, you know, I, and I filled in for Chuck for six or seven basketball games in the last four years, and and uh, Mike was was easy to work with, easy to interview, even after losses. Um, I've always appreciated the way that he handled himself. And, I, I you know, I agree with Dudley Dawson. I don't think Mike Anderson is done coaching. At the age of 59, there's there's no reason to. I mean, you could take the money you've made and 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 live a, a happy life the rest of the way. But coaches are are very competitive people, and and at the age of fifty nine, you're still young in, in a lot of aspects. So I, that's the other thing too. You know, I know we're, we look at Kelvin Sampson and say, well, sixty three years old. I mean, that's old for a lot of us, but for a lot of other coaches, I mean, that you got another maybe another six, seven, eight years there, maybe longer. Who knows? But. Uh, I, I think Mike Anderson will coach again, and I'll be very interested to see uh, what he's able to do at the next stop. And I, I would imagine you take a year off if you got the buyout. Uh, you know, you don't have to jump at the first open job. Um, and uh, and I think I, I'd wish him success. And I think he'd be interested if he takes one of those jobs that's nearby. You know, I mean, if a Tulsa came open or Sperm uh, Frank Hayes. <laughs> Oral Roberts came open, you know, something, you know, but he's from Tulsa. So, I mean, that would make a lot of sense. Um, you know, but what about, and this is this is putting it totally out there. I doubt this would be the case, but, you know, what if Daryl Walker didn't work out at UALR? Uh, you know, do you reach out to a Mike Anderson? I don't know if you're able to pay him, you know, necessarily what uh, what the, the going rate would be, but. Anyway, I don't. I don't think he's done coaching, and and so now you're looking for a new coach at Arkansas. And there's a lot of. I mean, there, there's funny names that are out there. You know, Rick Pitino. You just don't see that happening. I mean, I, I'd say Pitino would take a job. He would. I just don't know if if uh, if if you're ready to take the slings and the arrows. That, he was in Hugo's last that. night, according to Hogville. Phil. He was. Was was it closing time where the lights turned out and he was in there with just one other person? Um, Probably. I mean, look, the guy loves coaching, so I think he'd be he would take he would take the right job that's not in Greece. Uh, but I just don't know if you go with if if um, if that's the direction that that Hunter Yurchek be looking. And I think you're looking for a more established coach, uh, n- maybe not necessarily one of the the younger up and comers who has had a, a a little a little string of success at one of the one of the mid major programs. And so that's why I look at. Uh, uh, who's the coach at uh, East Tennessee? Mike Young. Uh, Wofford, no, Mike Young at Wofford. Pardon me. I'm, I'm looking at uh, Forbes. Steve, Steve Forbes. Forbes. Mm-hmm. Four years with 100 wins at ETSU. Uh, I mean, you, you put in our rundown. He's got connections at Arkansas. I don't really know what his connections in Arkansas are. He's had success as an assistant at Tennessee, at A&M, at La Tech. And he's also somebody, and maybe this is something to bring up with Aaron Torres on Friday because Aaron, and, I mean, Aaron knows his stuff. He knows the coaches, and, and he says that's a guy to look at. But I don't... 
I don't know. I mean, I think when you're looking at the coaches that you'll be competing against in the SEC who have had success at other programs, big success at other programs, uh, I, I, I just have the feeling you're looking for a more established coach. And it's not necessarily, you know, like a big name. It's not a matter of the name. It's a matter of where you've had your success, how long you've been able to sustain it. And, and that's also why I, I do look at Kelvin Sampson as a legitimate option and and i understand you know he's he's like you put in our rundown he's he's been a walking uh, he's been a, a walking, walking violation. violation i mean yeah. really i mean it happened in oklahoma it happened in indiana but and and it, I, I wouldn't know what how he's able to build what he's done at houston but you know i've i view houston as not a mid-major program it's a huge city it's a huge university they've got a brand new building they've got money i mean they're not paying him what arkansas would pay him i think if he did make the jump but 541 wins Building programs at, at really, I mean, I don't say he built Indiana because he was only there for two years, but he built three programs, and I think that it, it would it would make a lot of success, a lot of sense if that's one of the names that you're looking at. I know you've also put in Billy Donovan. I think that's I mean, an inter- that's an interesting decision. That's an interesting choice. Is that just something you put in to laugh at, or did you really mean it? So I put in every single coach that has been linked to the Arkansas program in some way or shape. Some more likely to come here than others, some. But with Billy Donovan, as a big OKC fan, you think about the SEC connection, obviously with Florida, the national championships, the Elite Eights, and possibly him getting tired of Russell Westbrook. This guy's antics, as a me, this is me speaking as a Thunder fan. It would be so annoying day in to day out to coach because he's almost incoachable. And then you think about they're seventh in the West right now. There's going to be pressure on him, especially if they get bounced in the first round like they did the Utah last year. And this is a long shot. Like, I don't even know if 5% is the correct percentage to justify his chance of getting the job. But it's at least the idea. Tommy made a great point to me a couple weeks back. He said, and he wasn't referring to Mark Anderson. This was uh, referring to another situation. You ask the best guy and ask him and make him tell you say, make him tell you no. What's what, like what, trying what's to get gonna, the date with the most beautiful girl in school? The worst make she can her tell say you no. Is no. Make her say no. So for me, and yes, maybe in the college basketball spectrum and social media, Donovan rejecting Arkansas's offer and that getting out there, maybe that's not a great look for Arkansas. But why not ask? Why not approach the idea of, hey, man, why not come back to college? So it's, you had a great run at Florida, multiple lead eights, the championships. Make him say no. Again, I want to point out that I don't think this is going to happen. I think it's a less than 5% chance. I don't know. That might even be too high that he possibly, but just, it's an idea. And we heard Dudley talk about it. And we're going to put Dudley's interview in the podcast that you can listen to at hitthatline.com because he's as plugged into the program as anyone covering the University of Arkansas. And he talked about how Arkansas was willing for a great coach to pay up to $4 million. And as he mentioned, Phil, this process can be pretty expedited. He was acting like that it might be done the next 10 days. I was surprised when he said that. Like, I was thinking this would be something that maybe a month from now we'd know. But he was like, no, I would think in the next 7 to 10 days it's probably going to come out. So a lot of coaching searches, a lot of interesting things we can talk about with this new coach. I thought it was funny. Khalil Garland, you, you mentioned it, said, <laughs> says on an Instagram Live post that they would know after the final four in three weeks. That's, I mean, of course you're going to find out. This is this is something that goes down within a month's time. You don't just sit around and, and, and wait and stew on this. Action has to be taken, and it has to be taken 
very soon because there will be players transferring out, and you will need to bring in players for next year and start the recruiting process for 2020 and 2021 and so on and so forth and beyond because I also don't think you're going to have a coach that comes in that plays the fastest 40 style. I think that it, it, it's not that it's proven it doesn't work at Arkansas, but it's it's not the style of basketball that everybody else is playing. So let's look at some of these names here. Greg Marshall, you put on there. The guy at Wichita State uh, took them to the Final Four, uh, took them out of the uh, MVC into the American Conference. Uh, two Sweet 16s, been a dominant mid-major coach for a long time. And, you know, you... You wonder about about the idea, what is Wichita State? Is this a mid-major team? Is it a major team? It kind of goes back and forth, it feels. And he's been there for a long time. He's won 501 games as the head coach at Wichita State. And it feels like at that point you become entrenched in the job. Or do you go the Chris Peterson route, you know, in football, where you go and take a mid-major team and build them up to what Boise State had become under Chris Peterson and then launch yourself into a Power 5 program at Washington. So you wonder if Marshall, if you look at Marshall in that sense, you see, you put on here he's an egomaniac. I didn't, idea, I didn't have any idea that oh, he's got yeah. an ego. Where have you seen this? Uh, it's, I mean, you can, it, it's not just, uh, talk to multiple college basketball people who cover the sport. That's, that's well known. Also, he has a crazy wife who's been just, done some outlandish stuff during the NCAA tournaments. That's also something to think about from a PR perspective. But as Dudley mentioned, he spurned Arkansas before. Now, this was before the practice facility. I think Dudley said it was it's either four years ago or maybe it was the eight years ago when they were looking into possibly hiring another coach after John Pelfrey. But he has turned you know, down Arkansas before. But I'm, I'm, I'm curious, Phil, is it different now? Well, I also wonder about if you're a head coach at basketball at Wichita State, that's their big sport. They don't have football. You come into an SEC team, you know, although you know, it's surprising to hear that they'd be willing to pay more for the basketball coach than the football coach at Arkansas, or really most of the schools in the SEC, but are you willing to play second fiddle, essentially, to football? Because that's just what happens at Arkansas and, yeah. and just about every, everywhere else in the SEC. The, the Chris Beard thing is is interesting because it's always seemed to me you know, we saw him in Little Rock for the one year. And, I mean, he did great things that one year in Little Rock. But it was just the one season. Didn't have a lot of his own players. And then when he was gone and recruited some of the kids that came in the next year, they stunk. They weren't really very good. You know, and he takes the job for three weeks at UNLV, ends up getting the offer at Texas Tech. And, and he's got he's, – he's, his home is, is in nearby Lubbock. He had daughters going to school there. He's a Texas guy That's through That's the key. Through. Daughters. He's divorced. He wants to be close to his family. That's going to be a hard, hard thing to overcome if you think Chris Beard's going to be the next head coach here at Arkansas. Yeah, I don't. I don't see Chris Beard being the next. It's not that I don't think he wouldn't be a great coach at Arkansas. I just, I don't think that he would take the job right now because uh, he's got something pretty special going at Texas Tech. I mean, when you've ended Kansas' run of Big 12 championships. Tell me, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they, and they, I mean, they're paying them good money, too. It's so, uh, you know, what's an extra half million when it comes right down to it? It says the people that don't know what it's like to make a million dollars. Yeah, what's that like? Also, he's been long-time rumored to want the Texas job. I think Shock is probably going to get fired in the next year, and that job could come open, and that could be a job that he could go after. Friend Andrew, Andrew texted me. You were asking about the Steve Forbes connection. He was a GA at Southern Arkansas back in 1988 
and this was when um, Andrew's grandfather was uh, at SA at SAU. I knew there was a connection to SAU. I just couldn't remember what it was. So I'm just going to take Andrew's word for it that he was a GA back then. That's the Steve Forbes Arkansas connection. I love what you wrote on Buzz Williams here. Who everybody you know he's, he's taken Virginia Tech to the Sweet 16. They played Duke uh, this weekend. And with the firing at Texas A&M, all the rumors are saying that uh, that Buzz Williams would be the next head coach at Texas A&M. But then you put it, why would you hire him? He sweats like a maniac. That's his, uh, that's his calling card for those who have ever watched Marquette or now Virginia Tech, where he's the coach at now. And you'll see it in the Sweet 16 game against Duke, where he'll be probably sweating profusely when he has to play four potential NBA draft picks, first rounds and Jones and all those guys. But he just, it's incredible to watch, Phil, because he wears a vest. He doesn't wear a suit. He wears that vest, and it is just soaking wet by game's end. Frank Martin is an interesting topic to get to. Mm -hmm. Got some insight on that. We touched on him yesterday because we think of that he's done a great job at at South Carolina, but they've been to one tournament in how many years now? Has it been six? Seven. Seven years at, at South Carolina, he did really good work at at Kansas State. I mean, you took you took the Gamecocks to the Final Four, and that well, that just says something anyway, because they've never really been much of a basketball school. But maybe also that's the reason why Frank Martin could look across the other end of the SEC to Arkansas, where basketball, men's basketball, I think matters more than it does at at South Carolina. And really, it feels to me like. Men's basketball at South Carolina has taken a step behind women's basketball at South Carolina. I mean, they lead the nation in attendance for women's basketball. And I know Frank Martin was complaining about the way that the university markets their team. And, uh, hey, look, marketing at basketball at Arkansas has never been a problem. They'll push you as far as they can. Here is a rumor that I want to mention. According to my source out in South Carolina, Frank Martin was – Jeff Lawn's backup to Mike Anderson when he hired him eight years ago. That's that's an interesting Mm -hmm. tidbit. Also, number two, this is what Frank Martin had to say about the Arkansas job. Would have gone in a heartbeat. This is back before Mike Anderson was hired, and it's a great job. And I know we're going to get into some national college basketball analysts and uh, writers next segment talking about their opinion of the Arkansas basketball program, but it's really what it comes down to, Phil. It's not about what writers think. It's not about what analysts think. It's about what coaches think. And if coaches think this is still a really good job, Dudley mentioned it's the number two job in the SEC and a top 25, 30 program in the country in terms of job. If that's the perception of the program, which I don't know if it is or not from a coaching standpoint, that's huge. And that means you could actually go get a blue blood coach, a stud, someone that a lot of people don't think you could actually get. And so now I'm curious because... I think Tommy has made a great point, and he's made this pretty apparent. I think you guys might disagree a little bit. He thinks you have to get a big name. He thinks that you have to get some guy that has to put butts in seats. Now, in reality, that could backfire on you because that might be the not right guy long term. But in terms of short term, it is. There's just so much speculation right now at this point, Phil. You hear so many names. It's a crapshoot right now. That's what it comes down to. Well, what did you let's look at? Let's look at the hiring of Chad Morris. I mean, what did you do with that? You hired an up and comer, somebody that didn't have a lengthy track record as a head coach. I mean, just the three years at uh, SMU and and the time spent as Clemson's offensive coordinator and 
and over at Tulsa. And I mean, so you're going by uh, the the kind of offense that he coaches and what you want for your program. But you you hired somebody that wasn't a big name that uh, didn't have a track record as a head coach, really more than just three years. Uh, and and it it ginned up some interest in in the football program. But still, it's all going to come down to wins and losses. I think for basketball. Look, I mean, when you, you try the up-and-comer thing with, with Stan Heath after the surprise visit to the Elite Eight, that didn't work out. You try the up-and-comer thing with, with Coach Palfrey uh, after his four- or five-year run at South Alabama, and that didn't work either. Not so fast, I, I, my friends. <laughs> I would tend to agree with Tommy. And it's not that you have to get a big name. It's not the name necessarily. It's it's the track record. And, and anybody that's got a lengthy track record of success at – a school for 10 or 15 years or three or four programs like a Kelvin Sampson. Um, that goes along with, I mean, the people that pay attention to college basketball know these names. I mean, they know who Kelvin Sampson is. They know who Greg Marshall is. They know who Buzz Williams is. You know, and they've got more of that track record of success. Uh, and so maybe maybe these things go together, the track record and the butts and seats at the same time. But... I also don't think that you're hiring just for marketing purposes. Look, I said earlier, I know that, that fans make their presence felt or not felt, whether they show up or don't show up. But they, they're going to be there if you win games. That's what it comes down to for me. It's got to be the best coach. But I, I like for the idea of Arkansas, when I look at the other schools in the SEC and the, and the coaches they've hired outside of Will Wade, and we've obviously seen, I think, how Wade bi- built his his success at LSU. Yeah. That you need you need somebody that has been a program builder and has a track record of longer than 4 or 5 years as a head coach. And, and I get a sense that's the that's the direction that Hunter Yurichek is going with men's basketball. Let me get in two more names before we get out of here. Fred Hoiberg, this has been reported by multiple sources. Evan Daniels, who's a really good reporter, Fox Sports 1, 24-7 Sports. He's reporting that the deal with Nebraska, where Fred Hoiberg was born in Lincoln, is getting really close to being done. So I would cross that off your list if you're Arkansas fans. I think that's a tough job, by the way. Nebraska is the Big Ten for basketball. Good luck with that. Yeah, I think he would do much more. And I love Hoiberg. Hoiberg would be, if I could choose, I'm not picking a hat, but... I love Hoiberg, and I think he would do hilarious. Let me give you one more name, and you might just absolutely blast me out of the water for this idea. You've been waiting for me to do this oh, for six yeah. and a half months, Dude. almost seven now. And again, I can't, you know, I, I said Donovan's probably less than 5%. This is probably 0.5, point, 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 oh, 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 like Bill Self. Here's why. Whoa. Here, no just, way. Just, just listen to this idea. Listen okay. to what, I, what I'm going to they get Ears bla- are open. They get blasted by Auburn. In the second round of the SEC tournament, or excuse me, the NCAA tournament, they have certain stuff going on with the Sue's the FBI probe. And again, I don't know what the Arkansas administration, how comfortable they would be hiring a guy that's been surrounded by that and is apparently on a wiretap. But people forget that Bill Self wanted this job when it popped open and Arkansas elected to hire Stan Heath for reasons I really don't want to get into because we could spend the whole show the rest of about it. That being said, any inclination he has, man, and the fans, like Kansas fans are are huge, like some of the best fans in college basketball. 
but there, there, there's just something weird, something I, I, I can't keep my mind. Like, why not? I, and I mentioned this when we started this segment. Make the best guy say no. Bill Self is a top five coach in college basketball. And there's always this idea that Arkansas is, from the fans, still this premier program. Why not ask him? Why, why, why not at least approach him, gauge his interest? Because, again, he wanted this job before he went to Kansas after Illinois. I can't stress that he wanted the Arkansas job. Arkansas but it's before, it's before that's you true. ended up you know with what? one of those blue bloods. And that's it's true. before you had a national recruiting and Kansas is And Kansas, Kansas is uh, not a 1,000, but way farther in terms of tradition, backing, and so many different things when it comes to Arkansas basketball. But again, why not ask? What does that hurt? Make him say no. And then again, I think it has to go back to the administration. They'd be willing to court someone who's surrounded with this FBI probe. And again, this is a slim to none chance. But why not ask, Bill? Like the Halftime Pod? Check out the Bud Light Morning Rush podcast at hitthatline.com.